Welcome to my podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild of Nutrition Business. I'm a registered dietitian, business coach, and course creator. My goal is to help you make moves in your business, take action, create revenue streams, and grow on social media so you can set up systems for monetization. From $250 an hour to over $1,500 an hour, I do not speak for free. Today's episode, I wanted to talk to you very candidly about rates. Now, if you know me and if you've been following me on Instagram or even listening to any of my podcast episodes, you know I feel pretty strongly about setting a firm rate when it comes to business, setting rates with your digital products, physical products, services, packages, etc. is extremely important. And this is important to me. I mentioned this on the bio on my website. You know, I've been in business for myself for over a decade. And in my first career, I definitely struggled with setting rates. And it all stemmed from imposter syndrome, which I did discuss in an earlier episode, if you check that out on my podcast. So this is the thing. (laughs) I'm going to tie that all into today's episode. Uh, It does come down to confidence and it also really comes down to clarity. Clarity in your message, clarity in your journey, and clarity in your destination. So I'm going to tell a couple stories today so to relate with you and help provide some context. So this came up, this topic about rates and speaking specifically because one of my clients this week sent me an email and she frantically, you know, she was feeling excited, overwhelmed, overjoyed, as was I, about an opportunity. She was pitched from someone else due to her niche on Instagram to speak nationally, be flown out and talk about the topic that she is interested in, her niche, right, her focus, among the audience that she targets. And so opportunities like this keep coming if you have a clear niche, which is a great example of her success. And so she said to me, an email, she said, Libby, I just, you know, I just don't know what to charge. She said to me, this is my first speaking event. And I said, all right, let's talk about this. You know, let's, let's have, let's reflect, let's reframe, let's regroup and let's take action. So I wanted to share with you my personal story because I think it's good to relate with you and let you know where I'm coming from and where I've been. And I hope that provides context for you in your business and your journey because thinking about rates is not something you should do tomorrow and it's not something you should do when you're bigger, when you're this, when you're that. Like Thinking about your rates is something you need to definitely critically evaluate right now. And when it comes to rates... I really think that that conversation is definitely deeply rooted into imposter syndrome and confidence and clarity with your message. So let me tell you a little story. And I I by no means am saying that right off the bat with no experience, no dedication, no expertise, no confidence, you should be charging $1,500 an hour. I'm not saying that, Uh, which is why I'm going to provide you with my story. What I am saying is that you need to know where you are today and where you want to go and have some focus and context to this rate setting methodology. I've actually grouped it into a few phases that I'm going to discuss today with you. Again, it's all coming from my personal reflection and my journey with rates. So my client inspired me. I started telling her my story and we talked it out and helped her set a great rate. And she 
<laughs> wrote back and you know responded to the inquiry and told the organization, the people, etc. This is my rate, and I'm glad because that's how I believe you should navigate those conversations. It, you should be firm and and be very strong with what your rate is, and that's how you get paid what you're worth. So my personal reflection, I grew from, you know, relatively lower end speaking fees to moderate speaking fees in just a couple of years with what you could consider minimal experience. And I want to tell you exactly how that happened. I want to explain to you my journey. And then most importantly, I want you to sit and either map out on paper or reflect on your story and your journey. And that's what's really important. I'm hoping to inspire you with my personal reflections. So if we're taking it way, way back, I have always enjoyed speaking. And it's something I've done throughout my life with not much reservation. I am extremely extroverted. So speaking does come naturally to me where things like details and even, you know, I've definitely struggled in classes that require extreme detail. Uh, that's not not as easy for me. I've, I've been like teased. I remember my mom's always gotten on my case about dotting my I's and crossing my T's. I'm just not that type of person. I, even in my apartment, you know, I, I tend to leave out those details. I appreciate detailed work, but that is not my strong suit. My strong suit would be large concepts, developing ideas and executing them on a large scale and then having other people help me with the details. So that might make sense if you look at my Instagram on nutrition underscore business because I don't I don't create, you know, intricate photos. I feature other users who've already created amazing work and who I respect. And when a photo is something that I've created, it's a post of myself and I'm trying to relay a concept because I don't want to spend my time and energy outside of my genius zone. And I don't think you should either. So I do tell my clients, I encourage them to think about featuring, if not some other users, they can feature mostly other users like I do and still get across their point. Uh, and more on that in my course, uh, Beat the Algorithm if you're interested. And the link is in my bio on Instagram for that. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about, you know, reflecting on your strengths and, and what you enjoy and what you're good at. And then what's your story and history. And again, I'm giving you some context on speaking for me. So since I was young, I haven't been great with details. I've been much better with concepts and execution. And I've also been very comfortable with speaking. So with that being said, if any opportunity comes up in relation to public speaking, I raise my hand like it's not a problem for me. I'm even good with improv. Like I'll just I don't feel like as much as I do struggle with tendencies of perfectionism, although I'll argue with you that I've overcome it. I still I still struggle with it. I do. Um, I, I'm good with with doing a, a talk or a speak and improvising. And I really think it comes down to two things. I'm confident and I also have done it so many times. But how have I, it all comes back to confidence. Like how have I done it so many times? Because I'm confident. So when opportunities come up, I don't push them away. And so the reason I gave you a little bit of background there is because I want to tell you how I came to where I am today. And it didn't, happen, you know, overnight. It's taken, uh, I think 
you know what? It took a year. It took less than a year, actually. It happened pretty quickly. So again, I gave you the background and I want to tell you the exact details. I want to outline exactly for you how I charge over $1,500 a speaking event. And I speak very often, two times a month or more consistently for the last three years. So I was asked, you know, I'm a clinical dietitian by trade, (laughs) by day for now. I'm a clinical dietitian and I was asked uh, during a small conference at my hospital if I could do a 10-minute presentation on autism and nutrition. Now, this would be during a work hour. It would count as part of my shift. It wasn't anything extra. I went down to, you know, an auditorium area and it was on any topic that I wanted related to nutrition. And I was asked this by my administrator, I believe it was about maybe three years back. And I said yes, because I like community building, I love nutrition, I like educating, etc. And so I did it once, and then this conference was a, a quarterly conference, so I was asked to do it again. So again, this is 10 minutes. It, it's not technically free, because it was during my work shift, and it, it was 10 minutes. I mean, I, I went downstairs, did a talk, went back up and then saw patients for the rest of the day as a clinical dietitian. So what happened is after the first conference, one of the members in the audience, a community worker, enjoyed me and my presentation, and she wanted me to come back. So I had come back for the second time, and then she asked me if I could come back again. This time, she asked me if I would be interested in doing more work and opportunities. And I had said to her, sure. Because at this point, I was, you know, I was actually new to the hospital as a clinical dietitian. It was my first six months into the job, and I hadn't been doing much speaking in in general. I was out of my groove, (laughs) so to speak, right? And so I said, yeah, that's great. And what happened is I was asked, I was pitched to speak at a COPD event for 1199 Union, and they I didn't set a rate because they didn't ask me what my rate was. They just told me. They said it was $250. And I asked my job and they let me go as a conference. It was a half-day conference. And I can honestly tell you, I was feeling very, very like surprised because I had high imposter syndrome. And I mean, I still have imposter syndrome, but at the time I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I was really proud of myself. And, and I'm, you know, I think you should celebrate all the small wins. And it was a big deal to me. And in my head, I thought, wow, I'm not even trying. But the reason I gave you that backstory about me is because speaking is something that I am naturally good at. It is one of my strengths. So it didn't take much effort for me. And I remember thinking to myself, as I was paid $250 to speak for one hour at a COPD conference held by the union in New York City. This was for, uh, it was for, actually it was for um, uh, consumers. So technically patients, patients who had COPD, but I was also educating among a panel with other allied healthcare providers, such as doctors um, uh, and social worker. There was, I believe, one social worker there too. So, That experience was good, and I was proud of myself because I was on a panel, and I was like, wow, this is really, this is a step up, 
<laughs> this is great because, again, my background's in fitness. So as a group fitness instructor and personal trainer, specifically as a group fitness instructor, you're speaking in front of a large group. I did group fitness instructing for, I mean, a very long, years and years and years. I taught at university. I've taught at several different health clubs in New York City. And then as a personal trainer, you know, you do it one-on-one, but I'm very comfortable in groups. It doesn't take much effort for me. So I remember at that COPD conference, seeing my name on the registration and, and feeling very proud, like, wow, this is really professional. I've come a long way. I felt really good about myself. And nowhere did I think that I could build from that right because I was still feeling very small and from that event I was asked to speak on faculty for 1199 Union and I was asked for you know to do another talk uh, another nutrition MNT medical nutrition therapy related talk about lung health and you know nutrition therapy and that time they told me it would be $500. So I didn't set my rate. They told me what I would get paid. And I, it was again, a one day conference this time. I was so honored and floored. And at the time I was feeling very empowered. And I have to tell you that those two events that I did, and they were within the same, they were within the same quarter of the year. So this was a few years ago. They really helped me move my career forward. And I can honestly say that doing those two events, which now $250 and $500 to me, that's um, below my price range. But at the time, it was a big deal because it boosted my confidence. And I was thinking that somebody wanted me. And wow, like I felt really special. Like they, they wanted me and my expertise when I'm among so many seasoned, incredible, educated colleagues, right? Because I, I mean, all my colleagues are super smart. So that gave me a lot of confidence. And concurrently, I ended up, I, I had been teaching at my hospital. I've volunteered. So one time I was asked to teach the residents about nutrition, the pediatric residents. And then what I did is I turned that around into a curriculum. And right now it's still in progress of being published. But I took that opportunity and that I didn't get paid for because that is considered a work hour. So instead of like a nine to five shift, I would teach morning lecture. It was about 12 times for the academic year. So about once a, once a month, I would go in and just do the shift eight to four instead of nine to five. So it didn't get paid, but get this. I got experience working with healthcare providers, doctors, right? Teaching physicians, teaching pediatricians. Additionally, from the experience, I got feedback. And then from that, the most important thing I got was confidence. Confidence and experience to not just apply for more speaking events, but to really position myself as a speaker. So all of this was happening at the same time. This was a pretty big year. I'd say this was happened very fast, but I'd say about in the last over two years ago is when I, the big, big, big thing came to me and it didn't come to me. Uh, I came to it. So let me tell you about one of the, you know, experiences that's changed my life. Uh, and and increased my confidence and told me, and now I can tell you that you can do this too. So three years ago, which is actually a, a long time ago, it was right around when all of this happened that I'm telling you 
speaking for the union for COPD for $250 and then being asked from the audience to speak again for $500. And then I was presented with, you know, I was asked to do one lecture for my medical director. And then I turned that around and said, let me do a curriculum. I got it IRB approved and turned it into a what is soon to be hopefully submitted for possible publication. Right. So I took those opportunities and, and I knew I needed more experience and confidence in that space. So then I took the authority and the opportunity to do it and I did it. Around that same time, I was working overtime at another clinic in my hospital. I did that for a solid two and a half, maybe three years. I actually recently stopped doing overtime. And while I was doing overtime, I met a dentist and she asked me, oh, Libby, would you ever be willing? Do you like teaching about sugary beverages and oral health? And I told her I'd love to teach about anything nutrition education related. That'd be great. She told me that her chairman had some kind of, you know, interest in nutrition and integrating nutrition and education with dental. And I said, great. So she set up a meeting and I want to tell you how I turned a possible opportunity into, uh, you know, great consistent income. So I went to this meeting prepared and I can't remember, I have to comb through my emails from years ago, but I'm pretty sure they had asked me from this email, would I be interested in teaching one lecture or a series of a couple lectures? So what I did, because I am organized, is I created, I pitched a proposal of a curriculum and this curriculum was a college course equivalent. So I came up with 12 lectures related and it was pretty basic. Uh, And when I say basic, I mean it covered a myriad of nutrition education, medical nutrition therapy, and also behavior change modification topics. And of course, I knew I could customize them and change them, but I printed out that curriculum and it was time stamped. And so what I mean is lecture is the heading, and then there's a subheading, and then there's objectives, and then there's a breakdown of the minutes per objective. So I came to this meeting with the chairman of dentistry and with the dentist who I had met. And I brought the curriculum that I had come up with. And I also brought some visuals, my plates, etc. And I said, this is what I can do. I kid you not, I wasn't even finished halfway through my presentation of pitching and and the dental chairman said, you're hired. I want you to teach a college course equivalent. And I nearly like passed out and dropped dead when he asked me to name a price. So I said $9,500 and he said, great, you start tomorrow. So I get paid $9,500 every academic year, which is sometimes twice a year, to teach a dental nutrition education curriculum. So if you divide that out, that's over $1,000 a speaking event. And so I tell you this because I want to give you hope. And I want you to know that when you when you take action, 
And if you need to take action and increase your confidence by joining a Toastmasters, which I haven't even done yet, but I think that's a good idea. Or maybe you want to practice in the mirror. Maybe you want an accountability partner. Maybe you want to join a meetup, a group. You want to read some books. I have um, a book about TED Talks. I watch TED Talks. That's not as interactive, but it's still good. It's still professional development. Whatever it is that you need to do to get you confident enough to pitch yourself, just do it. Just repeat after me, do it. Like, I'm going to do it, I did it. I don't want to hear I'm going to, like, I did it. I want you to tell me I did it when you pitch yourself. Because the opportunities are walking away from you if you don't seize them. So not only do I teach dental lectures, you know, I didn't teach it one time. Like I teach a curriculum every single year and I'm still like blown away. Again, I still have that imposter since the first two years. This is the first time I publicly came out and said how much money I make from it. The first year I thought there was like a mistake. I mean, I remember feeling and it's funny, the dental chairman, I think I think he knows I'm I'm a little on the neurotic side because he, <laughs> he teases me a little bit and because he knows I'm going to be prepared for the lectures and he also knows that it's a difficult task because teaching dentists, dental residents about nutrition, it's a lot of lectures and the the dentists sometimes, you know, are exhausted, they have other lectures, billing is not in place, right? So if you know anything about inner collaborative, interprofessional education, there are many challenges and barriers. And so you're going to get people who are excited. And you're also going to get people who resist because it's new. So there's a position statement from the academy that came out in July 2017, about interprofessional education actually presented at my journal club at my hospital last month. And and really, the recap of that position statement says that dietitians, registered dietitian nutritionists can, should, and will adopt a role with the department, with physicians, teaching medical students, teaching residents, doing case studies, presentations, shadow, you know, letting uh, dental, it doesn't say dental professionals, but letting medical professionals, um, doctors to be specific, medical students and residents shadow them. I mean, that to me is the future You know, we talk a lot about preceptors for dietetic interns, which is important, but I think we need to be precepting the residents. I think we need to have, you know, dental residents be working with us. And so I could tell you I believe that, or I could just do it and show you and then publish it, which is what I'm in progress of. So that opportunity did give me confidence. And so now I do other speaking events where I get paid thousands of dollars and I create courses. I help empower my clients and I do still have a full-time job, but I do my best within what I can do until I leave my full-time job, which will happen. And when it does, I will assume more speaking opportunities. And I am in a speaking mastermind, Sonia Seltzer. She is um, part of Dietitians in Business Communication, uh, the practice group, and I connected with her about a year ago. I hired her to coach me when I spoke at the state conference with Rachel Paul. We talked about social media and we talked about our work helping dietitians in the field. And I hired Sonia to help me, you know, is my present, what can I fix in my presentation, etc. And the funny thing is, I was so used to doing these lectures that I needed some help with shifting from a lecture format to more of a motivational format. And so that was good because I learned the new 
nuances of speaking in that sense. And now she she has a mastermind and I've been in it two times. So it's like a two and a half month mastermind. And then you renew the mastermind and, and you have a new goal each mastermind. It's really great. It's a speaking mastermind. So it holds me accountable. And from that, I've created a one page speaker sheet which is, you know, media for yourself. And I've also, they hold me accountable for promoting myself, improving my speaking, taking actions to grow my speaking career. They even review the copy on my website, which has to do with speaking so that I can take small steps towards building that aspect of my career and professional development. So the reason I'm telling you this today is because you set the rate you create the opportunities, and where you feel there's a deficit, you need to take responsibility and build that. In my example, I had enthusiasm, and I really wanted to build experience, but do it in a way where it wasn't free, right? Because I built experience. I taught two curriculums for residents of pediatrics and for dental residents concurrently. So that means I was speaking, you know, and I also taught medical students. I'm not doing medical students anymore. uh, But while I was teaching those three groups of medical professionals on a regular basis, that's almost one lecture a week. I did that for years. And that really helped me build my skills. Mind you, I had a foundation, I had an interest. And for the medical students, I got paid For the pediatric residents, it was a part of my shift. And for the dental residents, I told you I I get paid per curriculum. So every year I get paid a new contract fee. My contract is renewed every single academic year when I teach a batch of lectures. So you can do this. You can find the opportunities. You can gain experience and you can set your rates. Now, after I reflect on my story, which I just shared with you very personally, I want to talk to you again about my client. So when it comes to her experience and walking through the experience of it's my first time, you know, having reservations, etc. If you're feeling that way, it's your first time, it's your fifth time, whatever. I can relate because I told you that I I had extreme imposter syndrome. Like even though I'm extroverted, even though I'm a good speaker, etc. I still felt so intimidated to be around these, you know, physicians who are so amazing and academic and and I I felt I felt inadequate right and and I that's how I genuinely felt and I can relate with those who feel that way too now of course you can and should overcome that and when you're thinking of how much to charge just remember you have to ask yourself where do you want this event to take you What does this event do for you and your brand? And what can you build from this opportunity? So I don't like to answer this question in isolation about what is your rate. I really think the the answer should be, what are you building from this opportunity? And what does A mean for B? And the reason that I'm saying that last and not first is because I just walked you through my story. So my story was 10-minute autism nutrition presentation during a work hour at a clinical gig. Somebody recommended me for a $250 an hour 
speaking event. And then from there, I got recommended to a $500 an hour speaking event. From there, I had the confidence and courage to pitch myself and to create an opportunity to get paid $1,500 plus a speaking event. And so now when I'm, you know, in the community or when someone asks me to speak, I tell them, this is my rate. It's not flexible. I don't talk for free. This is my rate. So in closing, while I tell you my story today, I share with you just the last few years of my business and how I've grown and how I've pushed myself and how I felt uncomfortable because I have. There's been moments where I've felt uncomfortable. And by the way, not every event has had an evaluation form, but I've definitely, I haven't had 100% every time and you're not going to. When you're embarking on a career, even webinars, like I look at, you know, in the last year, we didn't even get to this today, but when I first started in my digital journey, right, which is still relatively new, um, I started pitching webinars and I look at my first webinar and I'm like, I'm embarrassed. It was with nutrition entrepreneurs. And I feel like, even though I consider myself a good speaker, I really do feel confident about speaking. I felt awkward because there's a disconnect on a webinar. There was no video. I couldn't see them. They couldn't see me. I like it's a little bit awkward talking in into your computer, right? And so since it was my first time, I felt like I went for the big guns. Like, oh wow, my first webinar was with nutrition entrepreneur. Like, yeah, it's your target audience, and you, and I was talking about Instagram, and that's what I do, right? I still felt like a little bit intimidated that. I wasn't sure if I did a good enough job. And you know what I, I want to tell you today is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that that wasn't my best webinar. And I did three more since then, and I still don't feel super satisfied. Actually, I've done like 10, I've done like at least five more since then. And I can honestly tell you, I don't think any of them were A+. plus. But you know what? They keep getting better. And so do my speaking events in person, and so will yours, whether it's a speaking event, whether it's a post, whether it's a blog post, whatever it is that you're doing for pay, it's an experience, an exchange of your time. You get better by executing and by executing consistently, by being brave and by pushing yourself to suppress the imposter syndrome, overcome it. And then remember, every time you do that, you're setting an example for your colleagues. And it's really important to charge what you're worth. But more importantly, you've got to look at the big picture because I didn't start by getting, you know, by charging $1,500 an hour. Right. I started by gaining experience and making that all float into something that made sense, like creating a picture, mapping it out. So I leave you today with some some words of my recent past. And that would be to take a look at your strengths. Right. Mine are speaking. Yours could be different. That's fine. Take a look at what you're good at. Challenge yourself to get experience in a way that makes sense. And then I really want you to start charging what you're worth. I want you to get confidence and I want you to know that there are opportunities out there. I don't want to hear excuses that dietitians don't get paid well. We need to ask for what we're worth and not accept any less. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with that today. If you could repeat after me, I'm going to charge what, I worth, what I'm worth and not accept any less.
And you get there by starting today. Like you have to set your rate. This is my rate. Are you ready to build impact and create revenue streams in your business? Go to LibbyRothschild.com and apply for coaching. Also, check out my course opportunities such as Beat the Algorithm to learn how to set up systems for monetization in your nutrition business. 